The good news is that you don't need to sit down and read the Bible from cover to cover in one massive chunk. All you need to do is read it one bit at a time. G'day everyone, my name is Mark Schroeder and welcome to Schroeder's Bible Bits. I'm a college chaplain and my job is to teach children and youth the wonderful truths that are found in God's Word, the Bible. I speak at chapels, at youth services, at church services, I teach at kids clubs and lunchtime Bible groups. Uh, At all of these places, I always teach from the Bible because I'm convinced that from the Bible, we get to learn about God and how He has loved us and how He has saved us through Jesus. Tune in and continue to learn about Jesus for yourself, not in one chunk, but bit by bit. Welcome back, everybody, uh, and particularly welcome back to a new year at Senior School Chapel. Uh, this first semester of 2021, the senior school students at the school that I work at uh, are going to be focusing in on a new series on Genesis, and in particular, Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. Um, in this book, students are going to learn about the hope that they can have in God, the Creator and the Saving One, the One who sent Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, And so in this episode that you're about to listen to, this is the first one in that series. And the focus of this chapel talk is on Genesis chapter 1, verses just 1 to 2. And the great thing about these verses is that this is where we meet God, the God of all, the God who we can rightly place our hope. Uh, I hope you enjoy this next uh, chapel talk um, on Schroeder's Bible Bits. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. This is a classic verse. Who's heard this verse before from the Bible? Every hand should go up really because we looked at this verse in year 7. Well, actually, if you've been here since year 7, we looked at this verse in year 7 for a long time in biblical studies in term 2. These are the first two verses from the whole Bible. And these are significant and very important verses. And I'm sure that as you read it, you would come in your, like, you come up with all kinds of images in your brain for what these verses are describing. Maybe for you, as you think about this, you've got an image of space and the stars and the globe just hanging there, just miraculously hanging there all by itself. And that it appears there at God's command. Maybe you've got an image in your head of a great big explosion as boom, things come into existence because God is the one who created the heavens and the earth. But whatever it is, I want you to think, right, that these verses here from Genesis chapter 1 verses 1 to 2 are a little bit like these posters. And I believe you've seen these sorts of posters before on the walls of maybe, I don't know, your friends, your family. Maybe you've seen it in a television show. If you watch a show like How I Met Your Mother, Barney Stinson, who's entirely inappropriate, uh, in his office, he has posters like this on his back wall. And these posters are designed to do something. What are they designed to do? Designed to motivate, aren't they? These are posters that as you see them, they should fire you up and get your passion going for whatever the job is at hand. And so, you know, there's serious ones that are up there on the screen, like the enthusiasm one with all the dogs on it that says, passion creates energy, strike out with joy and exhilaration, and others are sure to join you. Um, Or this one here about happiness, and these look like people that are graduating from a school of some kind. It says, true happiness is not attained through self-gratification, but through fidelity to a worthy purpose. 
But then over here in the bottom corner, we have a bit of a silly meme version, and it's got a stormtrooper with his head in his hands, and the fine print says, it says, hindsight, those really were the droids you were looking for. Images like that are designed to motivate us, aren't they? They're designed to inspire us to live well in this world, to live carefully in this world and to move forward in wisdom in this world. Really, they are. But as we read Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 2, these verses are also designed to be a little bit like this. These verses, Genesis 1, 1 to 2, are like a motivational poster that should hang in our brain. In fact, for the original hearers in the ancient world, you need to know that for them, the ancient world was filled with all kinds of gods and deities of all shapes and sizes and many, many different characters. And so they needed some sort of motivation in their head to go, how do I live in this world which is actually a place of great fear? When you think about it, right, if the world was filled, and back then they considered that the world was filled with all these different kinds of gods and deities... It was a very scary place to live. You needed to make sure that you committed yourself to the right God at the right time, in the right season. Because if you didn't, then maybe your crops wouldn't grow. Maybe you wouldn't eat for that season. Maybe you would get sick in that time. Maybe you wouldn't even find a husband or a wife and your husband and your wife might even not have children. And so for a long time, people in the ancient world, they were sort of like walking on eggshells, right, around the gods, wondering which god do we serve, which god do we turn to, do we turn to the god of the sun, the god of the rains, the god of the river, which god do we serve, which god do we worship. But what's cool is that along comes Genesis chapter 1, and Genesis chapter 1 is a poster that motivates us to know the one and only god, the god who is over all other gods. And I want to say that for us, Not much has changed when we compare us to those ancient guys. Because for us, we live in a world filled with all kinds of gods too. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't think we may necessarily live in a world like they did in the ancients where we have set up in our room and in our lounge room all these different kinds of physical carved idols and so on. But actually, in our world, our gods are the material things, the social things, the ideological things. So that means our gods are the things that we own, the way that we live or the ideas that we carry in this world and we commit ourselves to those things, don't we? And so, in a sense, we often live in a world of fear, don't we? Because what happens if I think the wrong thing? What are people going to think about me? What happens if I don't have the right things? Then maybe I'm not going to fit in. Or what happens if my social setting is not the right one? Then maybe I'm going to be excluded. These are the things that we commit ourselves to, effectively, as our gods. So I want you to think just for a moment, what are the themes in your life? What are the themes that are present in your possessions, in the way that you spend your time, in the way that you form relationships? What are the themes that are present in the ideas that you hold to and even the goals that you aspire for? And effectively, what I'm asking is, what is the theme of the hope that you have? What is the theme of the hope that you have? But now in light of that, remember this verse. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the deep. 
and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. See, these verses are there for us as a motivational poster that remind us to, what's it said on the bottom? Put your hope in, put your hope in God. In a world full of options, in a world full of other gods, in inverted commas, when we're tempted to put our hope in all these other things, Genesis chapter 1 verses 1 to 2 tells us, put your hope in God. Why though? So let's think about it. Look at it, verse 1, the very first four words puts it right there in front of us. In the beginning, what? Who? In the beginning, God. There is no other. There was no other God. There was no sun God because the sun wasn't even there. There is no river God because the river God wasn't even there. There was no fertility God because there was no life yet. The only thing that existed was who? God. And in the beginning, God, the one and only, the master, the one who is over everything, what did he do? He came and he created everything, the heavens and the earth. Remember these two words, heaven and the earth. The heavens is not talking about the fluffy place in the sky that the angels and the cherubs live. The heavens is talking about everything above your head, the sky. And the earth is talking about everything beneath your feet, not the globe that hangs in space. And so here we have this great verse that actually reminds us that in the beginning, God, He was there, there was no other. He was there and what did He do? He created everything, everything above your head and everything below your feet. What a great verse to put before you. What a great verse to motivate you to remember the hope that you have. This is the God who created all things. Now, here's the thing, though. If God is the creator of everything, if God is the creator of everything above your head and below your feet, then why would we ever think that it's a good idea to put our hope in those other things of the world? If God is the one who is the creator of the sun, for instance, why would we put our hope in the sun rather than the creator himself? To me, it doesn't make much sense, does it? So think about it. In a world full of all kinds of things, why would we put our hope in the stars and the seasons? In a fine weather day. We do that every day, don't we? One of the first things that we do is we talk to our phones and, okay, Google or Hi Siri, whatever it might be, and we like, hey, what's the weather going to be like today? Because we hope that it's going to be a fine and sunny day, don't we? But our context might change depending on where we live and what we do. We might actually want it to bucket down with rain so our water tanks fill up and it might water our crops so we have a livelihood. We put our hopes in the seasons. But why put our hopes in the seasons when we can put our hope in the God who is in control of the seasons? Sometimes we put our hopes in the animals and the other natural phenomena, in rocks and essential oils. People do that, don't they? In people and places, in gut feelings, in academic prowess, or the one that's really popular and familiar in just the universe. I was watching a show the other day, and the wisdom that came out of that movie, like just a silly movie, was you could stand on the top of a mountain and just yell out to the universe and just tell the universe what you want and it will be yours. Put your hopes in the universe. But to me, that sounds futile and not very wise. It sounds foolish. Because instead of just yelling out to the universe, I can actually speak to the God who made the universe. All of a sudden, my hopes aren't in what is made, but my hopes are in the maker. But how do I know that I can rely on this God? Well, look at verse 2. Verse 2 tells me that before God came along, what was the state of things? 
It was formless, wasn't it? It was empty. It was dark. But what did God do? He came and He brought form. He came and He filled. He came and He brought light into a dark place. Here is God, the wonderful creator, who has done wonderful things for all of creation. Why the the heck would we put our hope in anything else but Him? As a little bit of an aside, do you see how at the bottom it says the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters? When that word hovering is there, it's designed to be there on purpose so that we might think of a mother bird hovering over the nest, about to tend to her chicks. Here is God hovering over the surface of the waters, about to tend to all of creation. God is the God of hope. And so you and I, we have hope. We have hope in the God who made everything, in the God who made us. And we know that from what we see. As you look out and you see a beautiful day, you say, wow, God, you're amazing. I can put my hope in you today because I do have a good day. I can put my hope in you because today is a rainy day or I can put my hope in you because you have provided for me the food that I needed to give me energy in this morning. We put our hope in God first and everything else follows. But the best way we know we can put our hope in God is because God has demonstrated his love to us, hasn't he? And this is the central message of Christianity. I hope that you've got this. The central message of Christianity is that we can put our hope in God because God has demonstrated his love to us. And he's demonstrated his love to us, as it says there on the screen from Romans 5, 8, that while we were still sinners, what did Christ do? Christ died for us. God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus Christ into the world and Jesus died for us. And so we know that we can depend on God. We know that we can put our hope in him. And so the thing I want to stir you up with today is this. Don't misplace your hope today. Maybe you know this morning that you woke up and you put your hope into something completely different. But maybe after just hearing this short little Bible talk, after reading these two little verses, you've been challenged to rethink that, to rethink where are you putting your hope today? Can I challenge you, put your hope in God, the Creator, the one who made everything, the one who is in control over everything, the one who is over all of creation. Put your hope in God, the Creator. The reason why we're looking at this verse or this book of the Bible in Genesis is because here at our school at the moment, we're looking at this verse, aren't we, all year, from John 14, 6, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And the reason I thought we'd look at Genesis is because in Genesis, we have the hope of God put right here before us. But that also ought to remind us of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, the one who was sent even while we were sinners to die for us, the one who came to make a way, the one who came to show us the truth, the one who came to give us life, the one who came to make a way to God the Father. So will you put your hope in him today? I pray that you would. So let me pray exactly that right now. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your wonderful word and thank you that in it we can get to know you. Uh, Lord, I pray today that after what we have spoken about and thought about today, that you would stir us up and help us to put our hope in you, our great God, the mighty creator, the ruler over all things. Thank you, God, for your wonderful work in sending Jesus for us. Please help us to put our hope in you, 
knowing that in you we have a way for life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can get in contact with me via Twitter at mrkschroeder or on the Anchor app, you can actually leave a voice message. I'd love you to do that and I might include it in the next podcast. Catch you later.